1: fans and welcome back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast it is great to be with you for episode number 51 it is a new season season six it is a new month Monday October 2nd 2017 but I am still Joe Morata and next to me as always is still Mr. Michael Quinn how you doing there Michael howdy duty welcome to October my friend wow it's October ready to kick off season six Yes, I am. Almost been a year now of doing this show. Yeah, one more episode, but not really. But not really, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, folks, thank you so much for being with us, for hanging with us, for checking us out, for all your recommendations throughout the last year. We are happy to be kicking off Season 6, and we hope to do it right for you guys. Before we get to any of that, I want to mention, as always, if you haven't yet, go follow us on the Twitter. That is at OVP Podcast. You have the GIFs and the tweets, and it'll be a lot of fun. We also have an email if you like that kind of thing. That is OVP. Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. Quinn, we have a Facebook group. Yes, you can go to our Facebook group, search it on Facebook, type our Vantage Point
0: Retro Wrestling Podcast. Click on the group rather than the page, hit join, (laughs) and
1: whammo, you're in. All the shenanigans. Yeah, all the shenanigans. All the fans, all the fun. All the fun, yes. The whole OVP family. And we want to make mention of a few places to find us. If you happen to be listening on SoundCloud, where we're hosted, you don't have to. Where else can they find us, Quinn? Well, you can find us over at Apple Podcasts, where you can subscribe and leave a review. Mm-hmm. And
0: there's also Google Play Music, Stitcher, Auto, yep. Who cares?
1: and various other places. That's right. There's various yeah. other places, including the Place to Be Nation. That is placetobenation.com, the only place in your pop culture world. You can find some great content there, and we're there, of course, so why not listen to us again? I mean, I would. So nice. Listen to it twice. Exactly. You can also find some other good podcasts there, one of which is the place to be podcasting mothership the gold standard if you will but another one on their pro wrestling only feed Quinn do you know which one I'm talking about the one with little Petey right <laughs> the one with little Petey Petey Winston hosts a very lonely one-man show called greetings from Allentown now, he's from Massachusetts but yes. I guess the show is from Allentown yeah is that yes. what it is and one is the loneliest number yes one is the loneliest number you're absolutely right that you ever do But check out our good friend G.F. Allentown. Greetings from Allentown. He does the old wrestling, but he does it by himself. Yes. He's great and a big fan of that show. Fantastic show. Quinn, real quick here before we get into the show, we do have a contest going on. We mentioned last week, episode number 50. Yep. In this contest, we are doing the OVP Recommend a Friend campaign. How do we do that, Quinn? Well, um,
0: you show the podcast to your friends. You have them leave a review on our Apple podcast page. Mm Mm-hmm and have them say that you referred them. If you win, you get a t-shirt
1: and yep. a spot on the show. That's right. The person at the end of this season, that'll be episode number 60, will be announcing the winner. Yes. With the most referrals, gets not only the OVT, which mm-hmm. there might be a new one coming. There might be a new one in the works. I've heard. I've heard about Heard this. some rumors. Not only that, you get a guest spot on a future podcast. Wow. Wow. So, be sure to... Recommend a friend to the OVP podcast. Quinn, we have a new format. Yes, we do. And this time around, we're doing something that we never normally do, and that is have a a serial narrative throughout the entire season. Each week, we are going to walk you through the foundations of how we got to where we're at now, the modern era, so to speak. Yes, like a foundational series. I guess we'll call it a foundational series. For the modern era. Beautiful, Quinn. And we're going to start right now with part one. I'm I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. This is going to basically be about how Vince McMahon got to the point where he purchased the WWF from his father, Vincent McMahon Sr. Yes. Quinn, did you know this? hmm Contrary to popular belief, wrestling before 1984 was not confined to smoky bars. Took this sport, which used to be in Smoky National Guard armories...
0: It was not. Um, <laughs> there was a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, they, they competed in arenas, maybe not as sold out and jam-packed, no. but it was a somewhat big thing. It
1: was. Not mainstream. No, not for most of its life, but here's one thing that most people kind of overlook in the history of wrestling, and this does matter to get to where we're going to be going. In the 50s, you ever hear of a guy named Gorgeous George? Oh, I have. You know why you have? Because he was really popular <laughs> yes. in mainstream.
0: That toast of the coast. that you
1: He was a very big deal. In fact, his popularity coincided with the popularity of this little thing called television. Yes.
0: Engineering improvements give you a huge 17-inch rectangular screen in this wonderfully compact new Westinghouse set.
1: Television became very big in the 50s. You ever hear of it, TV? <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty well, big Well, Maybe one day we'll be on TV. That'd yeah. be nice, right? we will just have the history of television OVP podcast. No, that's right. Yeah, the yeah. silver screen. Yeah. They call that, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and when TV boomed, so did this little thing called professional wrestling. Now, of course, by the 50s, it was already the kayfabed, fixed, quote unquote. Some yes. people say fake. Right. Staged. It was already that way before the 50s. But it's cheap
0: to produce. Very. And you can pump it out each week, and it's pretty easy. <laughs> and, they're, and they're doing it anyway. Yeah.
1: Why not stick a Just, camera
0: to there? Exactly. So it was something easy to get advertisers to sign on and mm-hmm. fill time on the TV, the burgeoning television networks. This is the Dumont Television Network.
1: Well said, Michael Quinn. Gorgeous George came and went. Wrestling as a fad came and went as the 50s drew to a close. Yes, In the 60s and 70s, the nucleus of wrestling was centered around this thing called the National Wrestling Alliance, Michael Quinn.
0: Yes, a uh, collection of territories... That all operated under one world champion that would travel between the territories. You know, Jr. always has his map, and you know, <laughs> you had in, Don uh, Owen, here in yeah, Portland, in and the Northeast. Bob- you had the world Wide Wrestling Federation. <laughs> yeah, Bob goggle over here, and Jim, Sam
1: Muchnick, Jim Crockett in the South. Yes, probably a hundred territories, geographic regions throughout the world. Uh, I should be briefly interject here. We're doing this history lesson not for the hundred percent accuracy sake, but with our own trademark brand uh, of right. humor and fun for the casual wrestling fan and hardcore alike. But there's going to be a narrative here. Oh, there definitely is. Uh, So as Quinn was saying, the National Wrestling Alliance basically collected all of the territories and had a champion over them, Quinn. Correct.
0: So, and, and a commission and you exactly. know, all this nonsense that they would talk about. Men in
1: suits, boards, very yeah. formal. Yeah. Conference rooms. Right. Oak furniture, that right. type of thing. Yes. <laughs> it was Stern. the wood age. <laughs> yeah. Stern looking men in black and white pictures. With cigars. It. Cigars. Can't forget the cigars. And basically what you had is all these local promoters, all these local territories like Quinn mentioned. You had Stu Hart. Yes, He was in the NWA. You had people out in uh, California, Roy Shire. You had people in Florida. Mm -hmm. You had the Crockett's in the Carolinas, right? Yeah, you had Florida Championship Wrestling. Absolutely. All sorts of promotions that you couldn't even fathom if you just got introduced to wrestling today. Where it's like you have WWE, maybe GFW or TNA. Yeah, Maybe Japan, if you care about it. Maybe Lucha Underground. Right, ROH. Back then, no, no, no. In the 60s, 70s, and 80s, what you had was your state basically had at least one wrestling territory. Ladies and gentlemen, Worldwide Sports presents Big Time Wrestling with all the great stars from the world of professional wrestling. Basically, yeah, and I mean, (laughs) the only consistency between all of them was the World Heavyweight Champion. Correct, the NWA's World Heavyweight Champion. Now, a guy named Vern Gagne had split off of them early on and formed the American Wrestling Association, and he had his own thing going in Minnesota. But there was a man named Vincent J., McMahon. Yes. And he was a wrestling promoter. Quinn, did you know that? Oh, was he? Yes. In the New York area, they
0: called it. <laughs> yes. And that would be the most profitable area because it's the Northeast, it's New York, the biggest crowds. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you, you, when you have Madison Square Garden as your your
1: main home, home base, base yeah. you're obviously going to draw the most money and you're going to draw a lot of people that are going to be very passionate about your product. Right. Similar to the south but a different type of fan base, a lot of immigrants, a lot of uh, yeah. working class people of a different ilk. And that's how that territory was shaped it, shaped. Yeah, it was it was basically
0: it was always kind of your immigrant um mm-hmm. working man world champion.
1: And that would, of course, start with Bruno San Martino in 1963. And Pedro Morales later would on. Would follow. They were the faces of the company, both as a, a baby face, yeah. <laughs> a champion of the company, but also the guy that the fans paid to see. Well, Vince, you know, I never wrestled with him before, and uh, I watched him several times. Uh... Why this is different than what was going on with other territories is there was a period of time where WWWF Worldwide Wrestling Federation, that is, had withdrawn from the NWA in the early 60s, Mm -hmm. had their own world champion, Bruno Sammartino. Later on in the early 70s, they rejoined the NWA very quietly, very under the radar, but throughout the 1970s and into the early 80s, this supposed world champion bruno Martino, pedro whoever it might have been was really not the nwa's world champion right he was only the worldwide <laughs> wrestling federation champion correct now this gets sticky here because as the 70s start to come to a close bruno Martino's career has started to come to a close right yes pedro morales no longer world champion we have a guy named bob backland Yes, yeah, an all-american boy from minnesota Mm-hmm. Not very relatable to New York, I would say. Oh, it's complete opposite of what New York wanted, but
0: that's what Vince Sr. wanted. Correct. He wanted, you know, this all-American boy. He figured, you know, this this is something everyone will like. The everyman. Which is kind of funny because he had something in the everyman with yeah. the immigrant
1: world champion kind of thing. Absolutely did and a very relatable one. However, as the 70s draw to a close, one key figure within the Worldwide Wrestling Federation has slowly been gaining influence behind the scenes and who might that be quinn uh vince mcmahon jr that's right vincent kennedy mcmahon the son of vince mcmahon senior yeah no shit had been influencing his dad in a variety of ways that maybe weren't so noticeable to the naked eye
0: and a little background on vince he wasn't so close to his father no no he
1: it was more an employer employee
0: relationship um you know I believe he was the son of a mistress or something
1: of Vince Sr., right? Yes. Now, what had happened is he did not know his dad until the late 60s. He lived in trailer parks. In this is this is a guy
0: that, you know, he you know, Vince likes to say he's a self-made man. He's not actually lying about that. No, he's not. He, he did not inherit all his dad's money. His dad didn't have a lot of money anyway. Right, but he also didn't inherit the company. He would come to have to
1: actually purchase it that's with correct. actual stakes where he could lose <laughs> it. Like Yes, that's absolutely right. And this is the part of the program here where it is fair to give Vince McMahon Jr. some due. Yes, cuz he did pay his dues. Yes. He as Quinn mentioned he he purchased this company. He yeah. didn't inherit it. Right. He started Quinn and was most recognizable throughout all of the 70s as the announcer for championship wrestling. Hello, everyone, my name is Vince McMahon. In addition to that match, we're going to be taking a look at a newcomer from the Isle of Samoa. His name is Peter Maiva. Mm.
0: Yeah, and, this, and during this time, he was getting closer to his father, who sure. had an estranged relationship. And yeah. I believe by the time he passed away, they were... They They were were tight. They were close. But, Uh you know, this was Vince,
1: you know, getting acclimated
0: with his father again in his first real job
1: you know, as a a young man. And getting acclimated with the wrestling business. Right. One of the things he did was increase their syndication in the 70s. Big, big things, honestly, that really raised their profile. Oh, yeah. And increase their
0: their money, basically. You know, they were taking in more money. They're getting bigger. Exactly.
1: Now, bear in mind what they are at this point is an NWA territory. Right. Whether they liked to admit it loudly on screen or not, which they didn't. Yes. They were an NWA territory and you would occasionally see some NWA guys creep over. Like Dusty Rhodes. Your Dusty Rhodes. I think Flair made oh, appearances. Oh, Rick Flair definitely, Of yeah. course. So there we have it from the number one contender, Playboy Buddy Rose, no doubt looking forward to his opportunity to face the world champion, Rick Flair, as wrestling returns to Seattle this Wednesday night. But they weren't too loud about it, and I have a feeling that they knew sooner or later something was going to break at some point.
0: Yeah, I mean, they were willing to work with anyone back then also as an NWA territory. I mean, they famously had tiger Mask come over they did and and work with dynamite kid who is you know somebody you know stew's guy but you know like they're mm-hmm. in
1: wwf absolutely right no. but as the 70s draw to a close and the 80s dawn quinn vince mcmahon uh, jr has formed now titan sports and this was in 1980
0: yes and also he to get the capital here Yes. To form this company. Thank you. He, he started to he, he bought an arena in Maryland or something. Massachusetts,
1: Massachusetts actually. Massachusetts,
0: yep. somewhere like that. And he basically promoted hockey. minor league hockey. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I this was just and a, other events. And, and other this things. was just a way to raise money and establish himself as a businessman, like any other, other regular promoter. human like exactly. who has a career. <laughs> he, he was just a small time guy. I'm I'm sure in the back of his mind, he wanted to buy his father's company when the time came. Mm-hmm. And here he was, you know, raising capital, trying to do
1: that. Absolutely. Ironically, he would then go on to purchase... Capital Wrestling Corporation, Corporation yes. from his dad in 1982. Right, there's the NWA going on. Mm-hmm. His dad was a promoter. The Everyman of Bruno and Pedro and Backlund are on their way out. Right, yes. we are a new decade here. So, what's going on in '82 is this: the NWA is still on top of the wrestling world as far as the I don't want to say monopoly, but kind of yeah, a like, monopoly basically on yeah. the championship. The NWA champion
0: was the champion. There was no disputed thing. <laughs> right, right, right. There was. The the awa world champion but you know gave a shit outside honestly. of minnesota yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> honestly no one cared really
0: yeah i kind mean of, if but... you were the nwa champion you were the champion exactly so from a, a perception point of view with the fans mm-hmm. there's a lot of work to be done
1: here right and if you were a fan in the Northeast. Sure, you turned on your WWF, as they were now known, you know, as yeah. of 79, and that's your wrestling, but outside of where they were, yeah. you didn't know what that was. Yeah, you, <laughs> you didn't know anything about Bruno San Martino right, no. or Pedro,
0: or maybe you barely knew about Superstar Billy Graham. You might have seen him in an after mag. Right, don't,
1: hey. Yeah. Don't call them the after mags. Don't do that. But other than that, you know. No, I know you're yeah. absolutely right. Uh, now, the thing is, though, you did know if you were in an NWA state, because yeah. there were tons of territory. You knew who the, their world champion was, yeah, and you would come see him when he came to town. Right, you would pay to come see him, and he was usually a heel by the '80s, right? '70s, you had your Jack Briscoes, your Dory Funk Juniors, your Terry Funk, yeah, which a lot of people forget. Yes, he was like the like fresh face champion of wrestling. Yep, I want to say that I hope that I can represent professional wrestling as its world champion in a right and respectful way. Uh, the you know, younger Funk. But by the time, you, the younger fun, by the time you would have your Harley race, uh, yeah, you know,
0: and your Ric Flair. So Ric Flair, let's speak about him for a second, because Ric Flair was primed to be the young face of the NWA and to carry it through the
1: 80s. And he did a damn good job of what he did. Yes. I beat every bit of competition from Tommy Rich to the Funks to the Briscoes to Bob Backlund. And speaking of Bob
0: Becklin, and speaking of New York. Can you imagine there was some question around the country as to whether or not Ric Flair, the world champion, would have any trouble with competition from New York? However, things were changing around him. The forces were working, (laughs) and this... this It starts with Vince purchasing the company, and you want to get into that a little bit, the the actual action of purchasing the
1: company. So he purchases it from his dad, who was kind of on his way out anyway from a health point of view and on his way out of the business. He did go on to pass uh, a couple of years later in 1984. Yes. One of the things Vince did, and it's... somewhat noticeable, and Quinn and I picked this up watching some of the old syndication shows from 1982, is he tried to install, and very quickly, some stars. Like, he brings in Jimmy Snooki, he brings in Bob Orton back. Yes. He brings in Roddy Piper in 83. Greg Valentine. Greg Valentine. He brings in Paul Orndorff later in 83. Jesse the Body. Jesse the Body Ventura became prominent. He did a lot of things to try to reverse the status quo of the you know, your Don Leo Jonathans or whoever the hell was still kicking (laughs) around in the 70s.
0: I mean, the territory was known to be for veterans at that point, if you really look at it. I mean, superstar Billy Graham was a weird anomaly in the late 70s, but that's what Vince Jr. was aiming. He wanted a guy like that. Exactly. So all of a sudden you start to see guys that rather than being 40 year old veterans who are on their way out and they only want to be on the top, you start to see guys in their late 20s, early 30s who are in their prime. Absolutely. There's a couple of things here that Vince did, not only beyond just the wrestlers. Go ahead. He added higher production quality. He sure did. The lighting got better. It started to look less like dimly lit Allentown. Correct. You know, little by little, little by little on to some things. And he was building. You could tell he was building towards getting to arenas. Sure. Like that was the idea. Sure. Another thing. He actually had stakes. He had motivation to get this company to where it is. What is that?
1: When he bought the company out. He had shareholders. There were six other shareholders, or five. And honestly, folks, we didn't research this, so I apologize. But I mean,
0: like the people like Gorilla Monsoon and Arnold yes. Skullin, yes. Et cetera, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. The point is, is I believe Vince had roughly a year or two or something to pay back yes. what he owed to them. Yes, before. You know, obviously. And if this whole thing didn't work, yeah. they were going to take control back of a company. Right. So he had a motivation here. And and not only that, those people were guaranteed lifetime employment, which I always like to mention. They were. That's why you see a Gorilla Monsoon hanging around. Arnold was Arnold stolen <laughs> <Aaron Skullin>, yeah. <laughs> it never went away. Yeah, exactly.
1: And, and I don't remember the rest. And one other thing that Vince did is he really brought Andre the Giant to the WWF as a fixture versus the shopping him out that his dad yes. had done. He took advantage of the fact that they had kind of a...
0: They had control over Andre's bookings. And he said, we're not booking him out anymore. Why are we not using this man? Mm -hmm. Like, he's the most popular draw wherever he goes. He
1: should be a mainstay in our company. Absolutely. So between the television program that they had, they had the two syndicated shows. And they had had those for a very long time. But between those becoming more exciting week-to-week and being very serial, the televised Madison Square Garden shows that they had been doing since the 70s, Vince McMahon Jr. was on to something good. All he needed, Quinn, was a face of the company. And you know what? Bob Backlund simply wasn't cutting it anymore. But wouldn't it be very ironic, Quinn, if the guy that Vince would have to go on to become the face of his company, the face of wrestling in the 80s, would be someone that his dad had let slip by back after this whoa 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 yes sir daddy this is the incredible hulk hogan and if you're looking for the greatest in wrestling action the superstars of wrestling this is the wwf the worldwide wrestling federation the number one federation in all the world if you want to see me hanging and banging every week if you want to see hulkamania running wild well, will tune in right here each and every week because what you going to do when the holster runs wild on you Catch exciting wrestling action Saturday at 10 p.m. and Sunday at 10 a.m. on Super 66. Wait, what? From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, stay to Steve Austin, you're listening to our advantage on the Retro Wrestling Podcast and welcome back wrestling fans to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you so much for being with us for episode number 51 season six underway on this monday october 2nd 2017 michael quinn do you know what it is time for uh rushmore death valley it is you got it right this is this is where we still do this we put four of the best of something on mount rushmore Mm -hmm. where do the four worst go quinn uh, to the Desert of Death Valley. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> and what we're going to be talking about this week, Quinn, is actually kind of a fan request. Yeah, a little bit. We, we You know, we modified it a little bit. but We did. We're, we're having fun, Maggle. We're having fun, Maggle. And by the way, folks, please send your requests for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley and anything you'd like us to review. You can do that by going to our Facebook group. You can email us but we would mainly recommend going to our website Quinn and uh, the suggestion box yeah go to ovppodcast.com click suggestions at the top and mm-hmm. you can just Put them right in
0: there. Name, serial number, whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah, you can just put all all the information in there.
1: It's all nicely labeled. Very nicely. And add the suggestion. We will do everything we can to get to it this season. So, Quinn, we are talking about a suggestion from our friend, Bill Yankowie. Yes, Mr. Wrestling Man himself. Mr. Wrestling Man himself. And he had an idea. We are going to do the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... Commentary teams. Yes. Now, his suggestion was Jim Ross commentary partners. Yes. Very nice suggestion. However, Quinn had an idea. Why don't we make it about teams in general? Yeah, because JR, while he had a lot of partners, it might be
0: a little funky if we just did him. Let's cover all commentary teams because there are some stinkers and yep. there's some greats. Like, now, yeah, you're absolutely yeah.
1: right. Now, we have done way back in the day commentators in general. Right. This is not the same thing. This, this is, is not teams. singular
0: commentators. This, this is, is teams. A team. So
1: you could be the have the best commentator in the world and they have the worst. Be person. part of the worst team, right? Yeah. Which has happened. So, Quinn, since I guess I had the guy introduce the segment, you yeah. have the. What do you got? Well, I'm going to start with Gorilla and Jesse. This is Gorilla Monsoon. Welcome, everybody. And Jesse the Body Ventura gorilla monsoon and jesse ventura yes it's how do you argue that i don't know how you <laughs> argue it but I,
0: I do think that they are one of the best of all time ever yes um i wouldn't say it's hard with them because i can't say they're the best of all
1: time but they're one of the best of all time i think they are the best do you i actually do like that now you know my love for girl monsoon a yes. right and i know yeah. you love them too And you know my undying love for Bobby Heenan. We did a whole tribute show to him recently. I love Bobby Heenan. I love them as a commentary team. Right. I still don't think they are as good as Gorilla and Jesse. Right. I really, really don't. I think they're on the same level to me. They're on a slightly different... They have a different focus. And you (laughs) you put this very nicely, Quinn, in the Bobby Heenan tribute show. I did. That Jesse came from the perspective of an ex-wrestler. Right. Heel, right? Along with Gorilla, who was also an ex-wrestler. Face. Yeah. And Bobby was more of an annoyance, a pain in the ass, a nudge. And a, a manager. A manager, a con man. Yeah. That Gorilla had to, like, deal with. Right. Yeah. You like to How about my trip that you messed up? Wait till mess- I get my hands on you. You're in deep if trouble. you're going to threaten me, you can't come on board. So they were more of, like, a, a Abbott and Costello. Right. Whereas Gorilla and Jesse, they were, like, kind of hard-hitting analysis. More like, mm-hmm. this matters, damn it. And they know what they're talking about. Correct. As looking, you can see the confidence on the face of The Rock, Jess. Well, the tides turned in his favor. The Rock needs to go for that patented pile driver of his. Oh, a little begging by the million dollar man. He got Morocco to turn away for a second. That's all he needed. Side headlock, but DiBiase won't stay in this long. Look now shoulder block. Ran him over just like a tank. They give everything, and I'm talking everything. WrestleMania 4, which is a snore fest if it wasn't for them with them it's still hard it, but imagine that without them yeah i mean I, even
0: during the boring parts they start remarking on like demolition <laughs> yeah, outfits and you love bringing that up yeah it, it's amazing it's like an amazing like random comment
1: not sure those outfits are legal either jess oh they've been wrestling with them for months gorilla yeah, come I, on i did i didn't say they haven't been wrestling with them i just said i don't believe they're legal But like those little things like Gorilla would get challenged so much by Jesse Ventura.
0: Yes. And sometimes Gorilla would challenge Jesse back. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. And they both had their points. And you also felt like nobody was pushing the other around.
1: Right. They both kind of stood toe to toe. Yeah. No advantage, really. It was almost the irresistible force (laughs) meeting the immovable object of commentary. Absolutely right. You know, I happened to be watching Survivor Series 89 last night, Quinn. Uh Uh-huh. Before going to sleep. My wife was doing something. I was alone, <laughs> and uh, I just love the commentary. Yeah, it's gorilla fantastic. And Jesse. Yeah, they're just awesome. I, I think Zeus is out of there. Been disqualified. All I gotta say, Hogan should thank that referee for saving him. Gorilla, he won't be able to get away with this. December twenty seventh, inside the sealed cage. Quinn and I were just watching WrestleMania. Th- well, the the Hogan Andre match, right? Because it's part of the Bobby Heenan collection or Correct. something. On. The network and you turned to me and you said they're so good on commentary. Yeah, Roll and
0: Jesse, they are. They're fantastic. They they had a knack for making any moment seem like it was bigger than it was. Mm -hmm.
1: You're gonna have to do more than that, than a former ladies' champion. I'm afraid so. Yeah. Now we'll find out if Old Sapphire can take it.
0: And even when they were in the big moments, they still delivered.
1: Obviously, the edge of experience would have to go to the Hulkster, but then again, the youth goes with the warrior. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. That's why there are 68,000 strong here in Skydome for this one. They only did the big moments together. Right. They only did pay-per-views together. Exactly. And that was because they were on two
0: separate shows. Yeah. Gorilla being on Challenge with Bobby Bobby. and Jesse being
1: on Superstars with Vince. And I would say, though, Quinn, that if we're really going to talk the best team, it's Gorilla and Jesse. I'm sorry, I really think mm. it is. I mean, I, I, I think it's just... I just find it equal to Bobby and Gorilla. Do you really... Okay, well,
0: can we say this at least? Are they both going to make it? I think they're both going to make it. <laughs> but I think we also need to establish Bobby and Gorilla first before we... You know, just so we have it fresh in our brains... Really? You want to put... A, okay, that, so
1: we know they're both going on. It's just a matter of who goes first? Right. All right, well, tell me your case for Bobby and Gorilla, okay? Bobby
0: and Gorilla... To me, it's entertainment. They can make a boring thing more fun, even more so than Jesse and Gorilla, like you had said.
1: British Bulldog may have cracked a rib on that one. No big deal. I will give you that because I... A, they did Challenge, which was never exciting to begin with. Right. You ever hear
0: that song? Kiss the gold goodbye. Remember that song? No, I've never heard that song.
1: Sorry. They did Primetime, which, as we mentioned on the Bobby show, if you take away Gorilla and Bobby from Primetime, it's horrible matches. Yeah, I mean, it's just house show junk that's <laughs> yes. like they had a camera at it. That's like, all it is. Yeah. No one cares yeah. about, like, Red Rooster versus Buddy Lee Parker, whatever it is. Like one of the the McGee guy versus somebody. (laughs) Yeah, or the Glamour Girls. Yeah, some crap like that. Leilani Kai got the victory, and I must say, it was completely legal. But not only did they do like that, they did do the big stuff too which was really cool yeah when they when
0: Jesse left all of a sudden now they're like well I guess Gorilla and Bobby gotta do the per views cause Vince McMahon ain't doing
1: them no only when he had to yeah he didn't do them until later only when his back was against the wall pretty much actually yeah, yeah. welcome to the very first ever WWF in your house I would say that they are the funniest team mm-hmm. definitely yeah no doubt about it Tito always keeps himself in good shape must not eat any mom's yeah! cooking. <laughs> Look, we love Bobby. Yeah. He's still not as good of an analyst in that role as Jesse Ventura was. He isn't as good he's as, as an just not. analyst, but he makes up for it in the entertainment. I mean, like, oh, yeah. think about WrestleMania Definitely. 7, like um, <laughs> the Katao thing. You got to eat 1100 bowls of
0: rice in under an hour. Right. <laughs> or like the offhand remark at like SummerSlam where about like Virgil getting his ass beat. Like, oh, Teddy what did Yassi? I miss? Yeah, yeah, what did I miss? Oh, oh the Vir- usual.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I know. And then and, and he's great at Survivor Series. Yeah. He's great at Tuesday in Texas. Rumble, 92, obviously. WrestleMania 8. His crowning achievements are those two. Yeah. If you want to be fair to player, you've got to be fair and say that's a heck of a role. Only a man is fair as Blair would show up at WrestleMania. Will you stop? What are you talking about? Yell at me?
0: If you were just talking about Bobby as an analyst and to Prop him up with Gorilla here. Yeah, you have to look at Bobby as an analyst post Gorilla too, and and think he's how always good. He's always good. He's always yeah. good. You are right. So he's always I, funny. I think it's it's a little unfair to say he's like a weak analyst.
1: I didn't say he was weak. I just said he's not as good as Jesse. Mm. which is a very fair comment to make, Michael. I think he's, I can't he, believe we're arguing who goes on first. Can we put I, them both in? I think,
0: okay, I think they're equal, and I think that they both should go in, and I think everyone stands the
1: test against them. Double induction? Yeah. It's rare, but we do do it For sometimes. For the first one. For the first one, a double induction. Gorilla and Jesse and Gorilla and Bobby Heenan in one shot. Double induction. welcome with those two out of the way i would have to say the number three Mm -hmm. is the modern equivalent well not even modern anymore but the the 90s equivalent to those two the iconic duo of jim ross and jerry the king lawler of course hi again everybody i'm jim ross alongside jerry the king lawler
0: without question i mean they were the voice of that generation they were when people think of wrestling and like the the people talking in the background during all the he's got a zamboni and like all, like any like crazy Sable, all crazy know? Austin right. stunt <laughs> or like <laughs> mankind falling off a cell people's elbow people's elbow suck like, it all a of that. spear from a twenty foot ladder or like anything yeah, yeah you know Poppies. what I mean puppies puppies Jr. Yeah, puppies. Right? I think Bra he's broken, his, broken in half. <laughs> I know we're seeing a lot of JR lines. But
1: they but were like, both there, man. But King was King was hilarious during most of it. He actually was. King was a good commentator up until, I've always said, until he left in 01. Until Heyman took his place and yes. then he came back. And he didn't care anymore and right. he didn't have to care anymore. Right. He's only gotten worse, you know, honestly. Yeah. But, man, JR and King from 97, 98 until 01. Phenomenal! They were fantastic. They I, were really good,
0: and they just made those moments. And you know what's kind of cool is their career is not defined by pay per views as it is as much as much as it is by the weekly broadcasts.
1: Absolutely, they were the voices of Monday Night Raw. Right, so much so to the point that where Jr. had that bout of Bell's palsy in late ninety eight, early ninety nine, mm-hmm. and we were subject to Michael Cole and and it is a young Michael Cole. Yeah, you didn't and, know what he was doing. And King Road Dog is relentless. And so is Gangrel. Gangrel's like a pit bull. He keeps coming back for more. It really did suffer. Yes. It really did detract from the product.
0: Right. It was like King and JR were like your buddies on the couch every Monday night. They had a great chemistry. Right. And they made you feel like you were almost with them or
1: something. They did. Yeah. And they were different than a gorilla and Bobby in the sense that... King was extremely annoying to JR when he wanted to be. Yeah, but King also could throw in a. He knew what he was talking about. He knew what he was. He was a great analyst during that period of time. Yes. And he doesn't get enough credit for that. Yes. He could actually play the serious card really well. If he needed to, yeah. We'll never see Tyson and Ali. We'll never see Babe Ruth and Barry Bond, But we are going to get to witness the rock and the hole. And that's what I mean by King could help do that. He was awesome. He does not, I will say this, Jerry Lawler as a single, as a announcer or whatever, Uh he's not one of the best of all time. He's good. Yeah. But when he was with Jim Ross, he was fantastic. Right. He was, he's up there with early nineties, Bobby Heenan. He's up there with late eighties, Jesse Ventura. Right. I will say this, the late nineties and the early two thousands, the attitude era, basically would not have been the same if it wasn't those two behind the announce desk. I mean, it wasn't the same when it wasn't the two of them. Yeah. If it was Cole and King when it had to be, sometimes it wasn't as good. Right. If it was JR and sometimes it was like Michael Hayes or Cornette. I'm Jim Ross alongside Michael Hayes. Occasionally. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't as good. Yeah. Or any of that crap that you would see on like Heat or Velocity oh, God, yeah. or whatever. Shane McMahon and yeah. all that. Whatever. Yeah. They, I think, are the number three. I do too. I don't think anything's going to knock them off. Right. All right, so are we safe to put them on? Yeah, I think four is really going to be the, the discussion here. I think you're That's right. going to be the hardest one. I think you're right. So for number three, Jim Ross and Jerry the King Waller. Well, Michael,
0: what do you got? I got a weird one for you. I think this one's really good. I want to talk about Vince and Jesse.
1: Did I call that one or what, McMahon? He certainly did. You're saying the referee's incompetent. I'm saying the referee made a mistake.
0: They're very good. That's a very good combo, right?
1: Yeah, they they did. for For those of you that might not know, mm-hmm. they did superstars together from '86 until 1990 with Bruno from '86 to '88. But also they did Saturday Night's Made of Correct. And that was where the mainstream fan that maybe didn't, the, the more casual fan right. that maybe didn't watch every episode of Superstars. Yes. But if it was the guy that was like, hey, Saturday Night Live's not on. What is this? Yeah,
0: exactly. And they they were great at, putting over the product they were they 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 were it's, it's they, the same jesse that we were talking about right it's the same jesse but with vince vince's strength always is that he can <laughs> he knows exactly what he's selling yes it's his company more than anyone yeah, he knows exactly what should be emphasized absolutely and jesse was like a punctuation mark on the end of it very well set Quinn. you know like he was just really good at working with vince in that oh yeah in that vain and i think vince had a
1: lot of partners over the years tons of them but i yep. think jesse was his best partner yeah i think you're right yeah i can't i can't argue with that jesse was great with vince because he approached it differently than he did with gorilla yes and and vince you know to his
0: credit oh let, he was awesome let, with jesse i'm saying vince to his credit as the owner he didn't have oh. an ego no no no. he he let jesse jab at him make fun of him he would let push him, say, him around. shut up McMahon. yeah exactly
1: Shut up, McMahon!
0: It wasn't. There wasn't this weird, like strange, like boss boss or something, right? Yeah.
1: He basically he let Jesse treat him like a dweeb, right? Like a jerk. I mean, you could actively tell
0: if you look back retrospectively. You can tell Vince is told Jesse from the very beginning. It's like I don't. I'm not the boss. I'm Vince McMahon, the dweeby announcer. One of the boys. Yeah. Yeah, That whole thing. Just jab at me like you're
1: jabbing at Gorilla or something. And Vince could give it back, too. Right. Which was great. Vince would go back at him. But the best thing about the way they framed it is whereas Gorilla and Jesse had a respect for each other in a kayfabe sense, Vince and Jesse didn't. And it was great. It was entertaining. It was really fun. It was really, really cool, actually. And They did all the Saturday Night's Man events except for a few, and I think they make those very memorable. They absolutely do. The it's, voice of Vin- Vince, yeah. sorry, folks. I know everyone loves to make fun of Vince as an announcer. Yeah, eighties Vince is damn good. Yeah. Oh, it's it's he he just seems so excited. It's yeah. like he's
0: at his peak. He's not too old yet, and no. he's just like he's just so happy that right. like it's all working out like you can kind of tell yeah, you right? can tell he's jubilant like, yeah
1: what's he doing now he made that mistake earlier why is he going up the second again? rope what's gonna happen close on the giant goes down When people make fun of Vince McMahon, the announcer, they're usually thinking of the 95 to 97 era. One, two. Oh, it was the closest. you know, Quang. Yeah. Welcome back, everyone, to more WWF action. Quang awaiting the presence of Doink the Clown, Where everything sucked, and Vince knew it sucked, and he was the only person that could try to make it look like it didn't.
0: Yeah, and he's just shilling shit, basically. Awful. And... You know, there's other commentary teams too. I, I don't know if you well, want to. I,
1: I don't want to put that in just yet. I don't either. We haven't mentioned WCW yet. Right. And one reason is because there's not too many. However, if we go back to WCW World Championship Wrestling television show, yes. Tony Schiavone, mm-hmm. excellent announcer in his own right anyway. And Schiavone has some good partners. I don't know what it is. People seem to hate David Crockett as an announcer. I love that team. I do like, too. I love it. I love it too david crockett along with tony Schiavone, tony we've got a lot of great wrestling stars here a very
0: exciting two hours of world championship wrestling here today david david crockett as the brother of the owner yes you know or he i guess he kind of is the owner sort of Not really though like i he, well he would like inherit it technically if you know they had not sold it he was like right. a partial owner or something yeah i know but anywho yes he is like so excited about the product but not even in like a I'm selling this to no, you no, no. kind of way and like I just fucking love this like he's like he would even though he's supposed to be a face like he was such a big mark for Ric Flair like you can oh, just awesome. tell and it, it was fantastic it was fun a lot of people hate David Crockett as an announcer great. but I like him he's so excited he's laughing with everyone the good guys and the bad guys it's like he just seems like he wants to be there
1: up. right off the top rope. Drops that knee right in the back. That foot, Rossi's lights right out. It's a very good point, Quinn. You know what, though? Tony Schiavone. Yes. He also made a great team in WCW and in WWF with Jesse Ventura. Right. They're the voice of the early 90s pay-per-views. And this is where I think it's interesting. Because on
0: one hand, I love the jubilance of the Schiavone and um, and crockett team and you know shivani being the straight man sure. and calling the moves mm-hmm. and, and david crockett being so happy just to be there yep and it just makes you want to watch it and that's sure. a great show sure sure on the other hand you got jesse and, and shivani and it's it's more like a vince mcmahon and jesse yes it is like it's it's jesse taking jabs at tony oh, yeah. but it's still fun and it, it's great it still works all of a sudden because
1: he's a crowd favorite you're gonna come on board and say oh he hurt his ankle 48 times this last year did i say that did i accuse him of lying? yes
0: it still works exactly how the vince mcmahon thing all credit to shivani there yeah, yeah
1: yeah he did a great job he's awesome with him yes
0: tony shivani is great and another partner Tony Schiavone was great with was uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan. He
1: was. And they don't get enough credit either. Especially, yeah. and, you know, they had Dusty with them sometimes. sometimes and that was it was fun too. Yeah. And sometimes it was Tanae. Yeah. But if it was Tony and Bobby, which it was, 94, 95, they were great together. Yes. I'm not Tony Schiavone.
0: I'm Bobby the Brain Heenan. One other thing I think is a good team and it's one of the only three man teams I actually like and I know you're gonna you you might have some problems with it but I really enjoy in the Nitro era in the second hour of Shivani Brain and Tanay. I love the idea of Tanay knows the cruiser weights like he's like the more they introduced a third band but the right way like a Special technical that's analyst. Me applauding, yes, because you're correct about like, that. That's one of the only three man teams where it was done absolutely right. Brain making the jokes and, Shivo- and the analysis. Shivani's somewhere in the middle. Knows like the play moves. by play, but then you got Tane, the specialist. The specialist, like he knows about lucha libre or Japanese wrestling. Like somebody that can contribute that to the desk because Shivani doesn't have that experience
1: and he needs that help. I'm gonna tell you something, Quinn. I think they would be my number four. You think? I do. But I think we need to mention something here. Now, I don't know who Gordon Soley teamed with. Could <laughs> no, we? Most just, of the time, nobody. Could we just call him a
0: team unto his own? Well, if you're going to do that, you'd have to call Joey Styles as a team unto his own, too. Fair enough. I and mean, I would he, think that's entirely more entertaining. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gordon Soly puts me to sleep. Moving out now against uh, Mike Starbuck, one fall, ten minute time limit. Well, there's a soup play there. And, I know uh, we're gonna get fans that hate that, <laughs> but he sucks.
1: <laughs> he just sucks. Quinn just finally said it. Yeah. Quinn's been so diplomatic this whole show. <laughs> Fifty episodes, <laughs> he's been so nice about it. Quinn does not like Gordon Soly, and I don't disagree with Quinn. Right. And and as much as
0: I want to put these teams in themselves kind of thing, I think it's not not fair to the good teams. Right. And Joey was great by himself.
1: He was. He was really good by himself, actually. And if we were doing single commentators, him and Gordon would make it because they were both really good by themselves. Yes. Okay. here's (laughs) one that
0: I think we should talk about for one second as far as like a more modern team. Sure. Taz and
1: Cole. Stop, hold as he poke Kennedy in? Great find. Hook those legs up. Got to watch here. Got to get to those ropes. Very smart ring presence by Ken Kennedy. Ken Kennedy shows a lot of better instincts in the ring. We have talked about that over the past couple of months. I believe that Ken Kennedy shows a lot of poise in the ring. Taz and Cole, like oh2 to o six. They were great. O seven. Yeah. Whenever that was, yeah. they were awesome. Yeah, they were really fun. Like, fun. They were fun. They were like Taz
0: to me. You're going to yell at me, but more than Jesse. He was,
1: like, more than
0: Jesse. He was a wrestler at the commentary. Hold table. Hold the phone there. Come I on, Quinn. I think Taz Quinn. is, is Quinn. the best it gets as far as a like a wrestler's wrestler at the table. I don't know if I can endorse that statement. <sighs> I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, Jesse's already on the Rushmore.
1: You're right. So he
0: is. Gorilla's on twice. To be fair, yeah.
1: I don't know. No, I mean, Taz is great with yeah. Cole. Other than that, are either of them that good? <laughs> no, no, but I guess it's about teams, right? Yeah, this is a team thing.
0: But they were At, this, fun. at the same
1: time, I don't know if I could put it above. Bobby, Tony. Tanae, and Tony. I think that's actually... I didn't think of that until later on, but I think that actually might be the number four here. It's really
0: good, and it, it yeah, it's like a it moment
1: in time. Yep. like Nitro at its peak. It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. That's the thing. If we're going to put JR and King on, right. and they were known for their weekly Monday Night Raw, <laughs> yeah. the voices of Tony and Bobby and Tanae, while well, maybe not as soothing yeah. and comforting... Yeah. are still like way up there. Yeah, and I really just
0: thought it was a great thing that WCW did with the the idea behind Tonight. I love it. The like, specialist, the special. I really think that's interesting, and it's not. It was never done right. He's a guy that knows about certain things. People
1: love to crap on Shivani, right? Shivani was good. No, Shivani. Even could, then, I think Shivani could come back today, and he would be fine. You ever hear him talk on his podcast?
0: He sounds great. Yeah. Shivani is one of the most underrated announcers ever. It's only fitting that one of his teams would make a list like this, and I think that's. I I think as much as I like the David Crockett one, personally, this is the best one. This
1: is the honestly. This is the Shivani building over time. Thing. He was awesome. Yeah. Look, no one is JR. Yeah. And for some reason people think we don't like JR. We love JR. Oh, I love JR. We make we but we yeah. love we love his work. Right. We're very big fans of JR. Yeah. That is the best counter to JR that WCW could have possibly had. Yeah, they knew what they had with Shivani. He was awesome. Yeah. But the Tane team, that was that probably occurred the most. Right I don't like uh Tony and Zabisco because Zabisco no, sucks. And I was also wanting to New say world that owner. I
0: wanted to say this. Yeah. The fact that they were the first hour only like made you want <laughs> yes. like Tanay, yes. Shivani and Brain right. like so bad.
1: <laughs> it was like countdown to the brain.
0: <laughs> it was like thank God, like the good team is here. Like,
1: <laughs> I see an elephant flying. I'm not watching Dumbo. There he is, a gambler. Yeah. It's like, like shut, shut up. up. Yeah. All right. So are we in agreement, Quinn, for number four? Yeah. Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, and Mike Tenay Yes. All right. Here we go. All right. Well, that is our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of commentary teams, and you know what, Donnie? We're not recapping this one, so... Not this week. Not this week. So, Quinn, why don't you start with one of the worst? Well... <laughs> oh, no. I have a few. Okay, um, what do we got? The first one that always
0: comes to mind... <clears throat> yes? It involves, like, the Duke of Dorchester, <laughs> oh, no. Mike McGurk, yeah, and yeah. I want to say, Gorilla's it, it's there? Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard, Not That's Brother it. Love. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> yes.
0: What <about> this? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, well, <laughs> it, 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 listen, I'm not defending it. Yeah. It was from a couple of Houston shows or one or two. From, it's not just one show. It's more than once they did this team. That's why I think it applies here. Well, first of all, I'd like to say something Duke Doherty. <laughs>
0: Is terrible. <laughs> he might be the worst <laughs> singular thing thing to ever exist in WWF. Hell, the I like the wrestling. Shut the f*** up, first and I, of all. And I know we had like worst WWF wrestlers or whatever, but I feel like he it's didn't not even wrestle wrestling. enough it's either. Not.
1: It's just him <laughs> existing. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna ride a I'm gonna do more than that. He has the worst existence. Yeah. Like, if we did overall worst existers, yeah. he's one of them. Yes. So you have that. Yeah. Then you have Mike McGurk. Now, I love Mike McGurk. Sure. Yeah. Quinn. <laughs> Despite her hat, hair, and her circus <laughs> costume. Leaky faucet. And she's in the men's room, and she's like, <laughs> The following contest! Yeah. and Helen! You know, and all that stuff. Fine. I like Mike McGurk. However, <laughs> behind the commentary microphone, horrible. Not really a, a place for her, so to speak. And it's no. not because she's a woman. It's because she's bad at it. Yes.
0: If you're not happy with this, you should write a letter.
1: She's better than Duke Doherty, okay? She's still bad at throw into that mix though. Here's the straw that stirs this freaking cocktail of shit. (laughs) Bruce Pritchard, no, not Brother Love, no, 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 God forbid. Yeah. That time Hercules setting up for the clothesline at Sam Martino a little bit too quick. I'm doing the commentary on the thing now, and this is Mike McGurk and that's Duke Darnie, and then it's horrible. Like you don't even want to
0: watch the show. (laughs) It, It might be the singular worst commentary team to ever
1: exist ever. I have, however, Quinn, seen Sean Mooney <laughs> about two months into his tenure. Yes. Lord Alfred Hayes. <laughs> which Okay, fine. <laughs> That's fine. I like those two. Yeah, do you, you like? How about this for a, a freaking garnish? Superstar Billy Graham. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good start
0: for the Hulkster at all this Joe Cage match. Hunter the Giant with that shirt still wrapped around the throat of Hulk Hogan. Before we get too far into this match.
1: One Uh, of the worst commentators I've ever seen. Listen,
0: what was the thing where Superstar Billy Graham was at, like, SummerSlam or something? What is that? 88 with Gorilla. Yeah. And he
1: ruins the show. Yeah. Like, I don't watch it because of him now. Yeah. He's awful. Hulk Hogan is my hero, daddy. I don't like the Russo brothers, daddy. Why
0: is he such a mark for Hulk Hogan, who stole his gimmick (laughs) and basically, like, stole his life? (laughs) Like, if you really, like, think about it. Stole his
1: steroids. Yeah. Stole his gimmick. Exactly. I don't know. He sucks. But we're talking, like... This is teams, though. These are things that happen, like, once or twice. Yes. What about regular teams, Quinn? And there, Here's one for you, and it ain't that retro, but guess what? It happened. <laughs> Michael Cole. <laughs> okay, we're yes. off to a great start. Yeah. <laughs> King Lawler, but we're talking, like, late 2000s yeah, Where he version. does not give a shit. Right. He doesn't and watch he's anything. He's a face. Yeah. And every, he's like your grandma sitting yeah. in with you. I can't even find Dean Ambrose right now. <laughs> And Maggle having fun, Maggle JBL. Yeah, talking about like how they ate at a barbecue restaurant,
0: right? And Cole, and like excluding King.
1: Oh, the stop! 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 You don't have five friends. You don't have any friends. You've never had a friend. Don't count me and King. Stop. We don't like you. Who was okay with these three people hosting <laughs> Raw every week <laughs> well, for like okay. a million years? Let's
0: let's think about it. In theory, this theory. may sound good when they initially put it together. It may sound good in two thousand two, right? However, the problem here is the whole. Like you said, the king not understanding like where he is or what's going on.
1: Wait, does that mean uh, that he's gonna do that to
0: him? Yeah, every week he doesn't get what's said. Right. Like if there's a stipulation to a match, he'll ask like two seconds afterwards. Like, does that mean if he loses, he right. loses the title? <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, a, right after they said like it's going to be a title match on a, la- a ladder title <laughs> match or something. Does that
1: mean it's a title match? Yeah. Now Michael Cole as a lead guy. Look, he's no Jr. He's no Vince. He's no Gorilla. Adequate, yes. I can't shit on. It. He's not horrible, right? But he's not like the, the best problem, play-by-play guy. The ever. problem
0: with Michael Cole leading your team is he only should have ever been Sean Mooney. Yeah, well, he's a SmackDown guy with Taz. Yes, he, ne- he should have never moved beyond that. I agree with you. He is not that. He is not a grizzled veteran announcer. He was fine on SmackDown with Taz. Right, on the secondary show. No
1: complaints, everyone yeah, liked him. That's fine. Bring him over to Raw with King? Right. Even him and King by themselves are bad. Yeah, Without JBL. Yeah. I don't know, like, it's a bad team. It's a really bad team, It's a team, bad Quinn. team, and it, it lasted a while. I want to put it in as number one because... Really? The- over Cole, Duke Doherty and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes, and Michelle Pfeiffer, because, and, yes, like, and, Michelle Pfeiffer and, uh, and Pamela Hulshok, yes. Yeah. Because when I watched Raw during that period of time, I had to deal with that shit. They were horrible. Ziggler's got to get on the ring now. Oh, it's Zinkara tossed out of the ring by the world's largest athlete. They shouldn't have done that on Cinco de Mayo. Big Show has been a one-man battle royal eliminator. I'll, I will acquiesce. Go, Go for, for it. it. And we're keeping die-die-die. Don't worry. For number one... Cole King JBL Die 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 That's out of the way. Now I know you're going to hang on to the Duke Pritchard thing here. It's
0: so bad. I'm not saying it's and, good. Okay, it's not even just us. Like I have seen this discussed in other places that it is like the definitive like worst commentary team to ever exist.
1: <sighs> the only thing I can say, anything with Craig DeGeorge is worse. Hmm. He is awful. Look at Yamazaki, take care of both of them. (laughs) Amazing. I don't know, I think it's that international language you're talking about. And people will agree to that. Well, to
0: be fair, Craig DeGeorge was never really supposed to do that. I mean, he wasn't. Neither was Mike McGurk. Right. But the uh, the Craig DeGeorge pairings were less frequent, even than that (laughs) that Duke Doherty. That only happened a couple of times, I swear. Yes, But but all the same team, whereas... The DeGeorge thing, it's like, he's like with some random person, like, week to week. Like, he was never,
1: like, in a stable thing. <laughs> you know who I never liked? And God bless him, Gorilla. I never liked Gorilla with Lord Alfred Hayes. Nah, no, Not really. I, I, I couldn't I mind call him it. worse, but I just want to get that out there. I... Actually, I'm a fan of Mooney and Hayes, though. Love them. Yeah. They they will not hit Death Valley. No, they will and, not. And we're not being ironic. Yes. We're not jumping on the Sean Mooney now has a podcast bandwagon. Or he's been on our show. It's like, I actually like that I've team. I've always liked yeah. him. They're fun. Like, I literally have always liked that team. Well, you mentioned before this encounter went off Hayes that Jake was going to have to depend on not only his skill, but his cunning tactics. A bad team with good people. Gorilla Monsoon, Mm -hmm. Vince McMahon. You ever hear of that? It's not
0: good. Survivor Series 94? Yeah, because Vince is like playing gorilla's role and, and gorilla's like gorilla's role yeah but he
1: can't gorilla's like bobby or jesse or something <laughs> But it doesn't work no it a- doesn't in fact anytime gorilla was not the co- was not the play-by-play
0: guy it-, it was stupid it didn't work what was that time like gorilla was like in 98
1: on commentary or something <laughs> like with kevin kelly and michael cole that sucked you know but uh a guy like tyson who's a loose cannon you know, and with the, with the power that he possesses, oh. there's no telling what he's going to do. Speaking of loose cannons, Flash Funk now on fire. <laughs> that was awful. It was, you're right. It's a really bad team. It's a really bad team. Oh, I got it. When was Mark Madden on Nitro? Cause oh, Mark, yeah. Mark Madden on Nitro with whatever team. Can we switch? Shivani, I think. And, and Scott Hudson. You've got to like Vampiro here. Vampiro is an expert in the ways of sadism, in the ways of brutality.
0: Okay, yeah. That was bad. That was that was
1: awful. Mark Madden was the he's worst. horrible. Like I don't know why he existed. No disrespect to Tony Schiavone. It's Mark Madden that drags his team. down. he sucked. And you know who he replaced? Quinn. Just <laughs> guess which popular heel commentator <laughs> that Mark Madden replaced? Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yes. Die die die. Die die die. So for number two, that shit. Remember when Byron came out to do commentary <laughs> yeah. with, by himself when yes. Michael Cole like died on Raw? Yeah. Because of Brock. Brock killed him or whatever. And Byron was so bad by himself that they had to send out King.
0: Yes. That's and the king worst He had team. to like carry the
1: team. That might be one of the worst things I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, but
0: okay, I will say this. Yeah. I think <laughs> I don't even know how this is possible. Yeah. Th- we're talking about a king who is broken down and
1: doesn't, oh, yeah. carry doesn't care anymore, right? Saw the new Intercontinental Champion Daniel Bryan in action earlier on tonight against Dolph Ziggler. Successfully defending his championship.
0: And he somehow turned that into, like, a team
1: that was, like, feasible. I'm half tempted to say fucking Shavani and Zabisco because Zabisco sucks. (laughs) That was pretty bad. He's grating on the ears. What about Eric Bischoff and Mongo and Bobby the Brain? I almost I almost died, I died that but Bobby the brain was there. I know. Eric Bischoff is not that good though. I don't think he's horrible like he's a step Vince. below Vince,
0: like, but he's not like he's, he's not a couple like, of steps. We're not talking about like he's a quarter mile it's not below like Vince.
1: Is like on a mountain
0: and Bischoff's at the bottom of the mountain. No, it's Vince not...
1: standing on the top of a pile of dirty laundry. <laughs> yeah,
0: <it's laughs> and more, Bischoff's it, not. It's closer <laughs> like that. Right, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that. But with him and Mongo with Pepe there, They're, that's awful. <laughs> I know people have like these. I don't know. I have a weird fond memory. You know but how it you is bad. think.
1: You know how you think Gordon Sully sucks. Yeah, Mongo uh, McMichael sucks. I don't know what you're <laughs> defending. Ah, the <they're laughs> rash Good God, Gertie. <laughs> my dog is wearing denim now. Oh, no, he's not. No, he's wearing swishy pants. Don't
0: underestimate my...
1: Here's what a- the hell was he doing there? Here's the
0: weird thing about it. Like, it's it's like... Okay, he, It's okay. so
1: weird and silly. I have a worse version okay. of that, and it happened earlier. I think I know where you're going with this. I don't know if you do, but okay. if you do, I'd be very impressed. I'm going to take you back, folks, to 1993. Yes, I do know where you're going. January to April. Yes. Monday Night Raw yeah. had Vince McMahon, fine. <laughs> Randy Savage, you <yeah. laughs> <laughs> I and, know exactly. What and you're Rob mean. Bartlett. It now, was, yeah, what the hell? <laughs> this was a guy that was kind of okay at being funny sometimes on Imus. Yes. First of all, Imus. This Imus hey, quack quack. <laughs> yeah. That was me. That sounded like Imus, but that was actually me. Yeah, it sounded like an AM radio. Imus. He was clearly out of his element calling wrestling matches because yeah. what he did, and this is probably one of the reasons why he didn't last. He almost broke kayfabe. Like he made fun of wrestling. Yeah. Hey Vince, don't regulations indicate that Yokozuma should be wearing a bra? Now, funny guy, sure, I'm fine. If you like Bill Clinton impressions and Mike Tyson impressions <laughs> and whatever ninety shit floats your boat, fine. Yeah, floats your carnival cruise. At the first rate, carnival cruise that you took. But Rob Bartlett was. This didn't happen once. Yeah. For like three months, he was on the Raw commentary team. It was a while. No disrespect to Vince. Yeah. We know where we stand with Vince. Yeah. No disrespect to Savage, who was an enigma as a commentator. The winner gets dinner with Skinner. (laughs) I would like to put this team on Quinn. Okay, but wait. Sorry, I got one more for you. Fine, we have two more to go. So what do you got?
0: Recenter. Okay kevin kelly and steve carino Super kick! Bad kick lethal. it's so bad like it look yeah it's like one of the worst things i've ever heard you know what and i listen i understand like kevin kelly is like he's grown over time and i think he's yeah, better that yes. no I, I just mean he's better but steve carino is the most heinous thing ever on comment like he is, he, I don't know. He might be
1: worse than the Duke. You're darn right, I at will. At least get it up. He is so twitch worthy, like yeah. grating. Just right. He makes you want to not watch the show. Right, literally for me, he the does super kick crap like all that Ugh. shit. Now, and the thing about Kevin Kelly, if we're gonna say that Michael Cole mm-hmm. was only meant to maybe ever achieve SmackDown, Kevin Kelly might have only been ever meant to achieve CZW
0: I think Kevin Kelly was only meant to achieve like almost peeing his pants during the Pillman gun
1: incident very good that was his finest hour or interviewing The Rock yeah ad nauseum you know in in 2000 (laughs) just somebody The Rock could make fun of that's about it he's not a main play-by-play guy sorry yeah and I know he does the Place Be Nation voiceover like hey I'm Kevin Kelly listen to this shit hey pro wrestling announcer Kevin Kelly here I want to make sure you are all subscribed To all the great feeds here at Place to Be Nation. No thanks. But it doesn't matter. (laughs) He was a bad commentator. He's still a bad commentator. And Steve Carino, is it a gimmick? I don't... Why is he that bad? I don't get it! Is is his point to be as bad as
0: possible? Are we just old? Like, is there, like, literally, like, some inside joke where they were like, Who... One of the boys that works for the company who's getting older, who would suck worse? (laughs) Like, maybe Brent Albright and, like, um, Adam Pierce or something. And they all had them, like, speak for five minutes. And they were like, they just picked him.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Die, die, die. Because I can't.
0: Yeah. I can't watch ROH because of that. I'm not
1: even kidding. What
0: about the time when they had...
1: (laughs) What? Oh, God. Matt what?
0: Stryker and Yoshitatsu. Oh, um, on New Japan. Yeah, and there was like one other person there. I forget. JR or JR, JR, yeah. JR, JR Matt JR Stryker. In and, Japan. In and, and, and Yoshitatsu.
1: Because JR is like, oh, this guy looks like Bruiser Brody. This yeah. guy is like Stan Hansen. Oh, this guy's also kind of like Bruiser Brody, but a little different. Like, what was he talking about? It wasn't too hard. Hor- it was there, horrible. Listen, here's the problem, Joe. And then Yoshitatsu's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yoshi Tatsu added nothing. Yeah. But if we're going to go to one-time shots, then obviously people are going to bitch at us if we don't bring up the one, the only, Art Donovan. Yes. Art Donovan. Now, what did he want to know? <laughs> how much everyone
0: weighed. <laughs> how, how much does that guy weigh? <laughs> like, okay, yeah. Here, it's, it's like one of the worst events to ever occur to commentary as an industry as a whole. And I'm talking, like, think of, like, commentary not even just wrestling you know Pat Summerall and John Madden or Joe Buck and, and like Tim McCarver if we're talking like in the all of commentary to ever exist right whoever the hell does tennis if we had to rank something at the bottom of it who does tennis anyway I don't know and I don't care the point is <laughs> in all of commentary yes the worst ever thing to ever happen was to have art Donovan be on a wrestling announcing team I realize
1: he that think- Did he have any prior wrestling experience? No. Was he ever an announcer for wrestling? No. Did he know what was going on around him? No. Do you think he thought it was real? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Gorilla, is he dead? (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think he legitimately, because he was like from a football player in like the 50s, which means he was probably born in the 30s or 20s or something like that. Didn't he not wear helmets back then? Yeah. He legitimately thought he was watching a real thing he thought the weight classes like,
1: actually were should have been there. Right. It was confusing. I think it's one of the best performances because he adds a childlike innocence to it.
0: Guerrilla, is the partner getting any, uh, any air at all?
1: That would only be equaled by King in 2014. <laughs> Even King didn't act that stupid. Kind of. No. What does this mean, Cole? Yeah,
0: ah! but he, didn't, he didn't ask people's weights consistently to the point of like annoying his partner, and then he
1: ignores him. You mean Gorilla? Yeah. Gorilla totally ignored him after like the third match. Yeah. Savage tried. (laughs) (laughs) Randy. 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 Hey, Randy. Hey, Randy. But that's a one-shot appearance. Right. Rob Bartlett hosted Raw for
0: three months. I'll give it to you there. Wait, I'm sorry. I can't give it to you there. What else? What about Vince and Bruno? (laughs) Well, Vince is great. Good condition,
1: Vince. I know. Horrible announcing, Vince. (laughs) But Vince is good. He, he talks it, the most... Bruno says, like, six words per show. They
0: don't talk! Now those guys are only 140, 50, 60, 70 pounds of it.
1: Oh, it's a ring the hard way! Yeah. How are they anything? There's no real banter or anything. Nothing. It harkens back to, like, the 40s on radio baseball. Yeah. Where you'd have, like, Mel Allen and Red Barber, and but they don't talk to each other. Yeah, during, like, the plays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the thing with Vince and Bruno is that Vince is still really good. It's okay okay. He needed Jess to bring the best out of him. He was great with Jesse. Oh, uh, go get that <laughs> yeah. She looks like a movie star. Is this a movie star? Who is this? Vince and Bruno. No, they're not the worst. They're not one of the worst. Are you kidding me? I'll say this. They're not as bad as Bartlett. Rob Bartlett get, get that on there Is worse than Mongo McMichael Yeah Was that what Bischoff Was thinking when he Brought in Mongo He's like Hey let's have this guy I, I think so and That had nothing to do With wrestling Well he did
0: Remember he was at WrestleMania 11 <laughs> He was With Lawrence Taylor And all that
1: Yeah. Can we please put The Rob Bartlett Version of Savage And Vince In yes, for number four it's bad Alright So for number four Rob Bartlett With Vince McMahon And Randy Savage Die, die, die. So that is our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley now of commentary teams. I guess a half thank you to Billian Kelly for the suggestion. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> he inspired yes. the, uh, the idea here. So folks, at any time, of course, let us know your Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of commentary teams. And if you have any suggestions, whether it's for a Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, a review, or any future topics, mm-hmm. please let us know. You can tweet at us at Podcast. You can email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. And of course, go to the Facebook group. Yep. Go to the Facebook group, search for our vantage point, uh, join, and we'll let you in. Yep. And of course, the website, we have the suggestion box. There's a bunch of ways to get in touch with us. But, Quinn, when we come back, we are reviewing something. Back after this what a treat we have for you. Craig DeGeorge happy to be alongside Leaping
0: Lani Papo, title on the line there, Leaping Lani Thank you very much
1: Craig DeGeorge yes it is, it's, you can feel the excitement in the air, everybody's buzzing and look at those pretty Japanese girls Itsuki yes. and Norio This truly has a world flavor here, the former tag team champions from Japan, Itsuki Yamazaki and Norio Tateno that is Yamazaki in the dark, and in the light, Norio Tatino. Look at the amazing flexibility on the challengers, but Judy Martin has come right away. Very oh, impressive. A, wow, they call them the jumping bomb angels, and we saw two flying kicks by both of them. In the ropes, double close line. Oh, she didn't. they didn't get it that time. Leilani Kai managed to reverse the inertia.
0: What happened? <laughs> is that it? Yeah. Oh, okay, it's a weird place to stop.
1: No, I'm glad you did. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for our Season 6 debut, Monday, October 2nd, 2017. Michael Quinn, yes, we are reviewing something yep we're back with reviews we're back with the reviews and as always you can send us your request to the suggestion box and we will review just about anything we can yeah we don't care (laughs) we don't we really don't care as long as it's wrestling or involves wrestling correct in wrestling or maybe you know a game show a talk show a tv show with wrestlers something like that throw them on there we'll do what we can this one michael is actually a request It's from our good old friend Filippo Festuccia. Ah, a frequent requester. He is a frequent requestor, if you will. And he wanted us to review this. This is ECW, October 5th, 1993, Hardcore TV. Now, Quinn, would you say ECW was still very much in its infancy during this period of time?
0: I would say yes, but tide was turning here.
1: This is a significant episode in the history of ECW, I it would is. say. I would say um, so. There's a couple of reasons for that. Yes. And this is where Paul Heyman was booking by now. That started very shortly before this. Right. Eddie Gilbert was now phased out as no, of No September. more of that crap. Right. <laughs> now, at this time, folks, ECW stood for what, Quinn? Eastern Championship wrestling. And they were an affiliate of the NWA, which we mentioned earlier as far as the territories. Yes, that would be the National Wrestling Alliance. That's correct, Michael. And that that was kind of the NWA's last real dog in the fight here was ECW at the time. It was all they had <laughs> left. their last dog in the fight. It's pretty junky. It was. And NWA really was nothing after ECW withdrew from them in 1994. Yes. But let's watch this show here. So we opened Quinn. This is on the network, by the way no no uh dubious means to get this one no nobody sent this in the mail <laughs> no 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 although
0: you know the quality of it you would think somebody <laughs> sent it in the
1: mail yeah in fact until um until the advent of the internet the only way to watch ecw a lot was to receive it in the mail on vhs tape <laughs> exactly yeah. right we get a weird what i call an amiga graphics intro quinn yeah
0: i like it i mean it's just it's of the time right it's it's True. the best they can do with the budget that they have. <laughs> it, it's clearly just some like Telestrator type graphical thing yes. that you type the actual yep. words in, and that they come on, and <laughs> it can do spinning effects, like,
1: right, very very uh, rudimentary effects, yeah. right? Wipes and dissolves and yeah, stuff like and that. It can spin and move <laughs> the like. old video toaster. They yeah. called it. We couldn't tell, however, if this was the music or if it was dubbed in. It very well could have
0: been the music. I'm not exactly positive because it didn't sound overdubbed. Like, well, it didn't sound like somebody put this on top of this.
1: No, but it could have been just junky enough that it could be dubbed in or not. We can't tell. You know, you never know. The WWE Network could have just found,
0: like, some music <laughs> and then, like, processed it to sound junkier. Exactly. Yeah. You never know with them.
1: Ivan Kolov's in the intro. What? Yeah,
0: well, you know, it's basically whoever the hell visited ecw like that's <laughs> right it. that's basically it. and everything's just junky it's 93 and not that ecw would get much less <laughs> junky I don't know. I kind of have a weird, like, love for it, as you'll discover. Yeah, You do. Like, I, it, it hits a soft spot my heart.
1: That's cow. fine. I have no problem with that. With the if you liking it, no big deal. We're hosted by Joey Styles, very early Joey Styles, mm-hmm. and Paul E. Dangerously. Yes, a two man e. team.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to NWA Eastern Championship Wrestling. This is Joey Styles in the Eagles Nest with Paul E. Dangerously. And- Paul was sometimes on commentary, sometimes not on commentary during this period of time for ECW. And he
1: was still very much Paul E. Dangerously.
0: Yes, he was also a manager. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like how Brain would sometimes be on commentary and then sometimes he wouldn't be. But
1: a little... less i there's no consistency at all not really yeah so it's the public enemy versus jobbers which is like (laughs) some guy named caruso and then the silver jet yeah i don't
0: get why he's called the silver jet he's basically a dude with camo pants and like like a long sleeve shirt shirt. kind of like um bunkhouse buck
1: yeah he's kind of dressed like bunkhouse buck but worse yes suspenders he's like if you went to like rickle yeah. on a Saturday morning to buy something, that guy would be in there. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? Except minus the mask. minus the Well, hopefully minus yeah. the mask. And some guy named Caruso that no one cares about. Body slam by Flyboy Rocco Rock. And then he misses an elbow. Caruso tags out two. Silver Jet. Big overhead play by the Silver Jet. Mm-hmm. And I noticed, Quinn, Paul is also calling play-by-play.
0: It's very confusing. It's almost like Paul is like teaching Joey, right? Yeah. So at some points, Joey's calling moves. At some points, Paul's... Going. It's just... But this is how ECW was and this was kind of the great thing about ECW is Paul was teaching
1: them on the job and the silver jet capitalizing on the advantage wham beautiful suplex by the silver jet and he brings an elbow right down cover
0: and he didn't mind it either. Like, it's not like Paul was probably getting mad at Joey. It was just like, no, it's this is my job. I, I run the company. I right. should be teaching Joey how to do this. He did a damn good job yeah. if that was
1: the case, right? And also, I noticed something here. Straw hat guy <laughs> in the crowd. <laughs> Amongst the ECW fans that you would always see at the arena, which we are at the bingo hall, of course, right. the Viking Hall Arena in Philadelphia. Uh, Straw hat guy was one of the earliest ones. Yes. One of the first. I
0: mean, we're right at the end of 93 here, and Straw Hat Guy is already one of the faithful. And he would stay. Yes, I believe Straw Hat Guy, he was even at, like, ECW one night stand (laughs) in, like, the 2000s. He
1: never left. This guy is awesome, actually. He is good. So Rocco just kind of, like, punches the silver jet around, and then... Bust out like a springboard moonsault from the middle rope, yeah, not this, the turnbuckle.
0: Yes, this gets a, a pop from even like Joey and yeah. and
1: Paul. They're like holy shit, that's awesome. Really cool move. And then Grunge finally tags back in and gets a big power slam. You said to me, Quinn, he's the Bubba Ray of this team? Yeah, he's just like the
0: fat, like <laughs> less good one. The sloppy one, The kind sloppy of. one. Like, I love Bubba Ray, but right. like Johnny Grunge and Bubba Ray, they're like the same thing.
1: Yeah, Johnny, would you say he's the grungy one? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he's grungy, and Rocco Rock is. <laughs> he's the fly boy. Is, yeah, he's I don't know good if he's wrestler. like Devon though. He's not like Devon. No, he doesn't get the tables because first Bubba's though. a doesn't... better wrestler than Devon. Bubba overall is just better than everyone in this match. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> reverse DDT by Grunge, and then a senton by Rocco gets the win. This was a match. It was a thing. Yeah, I mean, It's fine. Again,
0: you got to put this in the context of the fact that this is part of an overarching like long-term thing sure it's not like it's probably never was meant to be dissected as one episode it's like 36 (laughs) minutes or something yeah
1: you're right it it was never meant to be isolated you know 25 years later by a couple of guys in their basement right exactly so but we're doing it anyway yeah it's a tv match (laughs) that's the best way to put it it's no better or worse than what you would find on the other promotions at the time or even like nxt today in a jobber match it's a tv match it's an opening tv match up next Sabu. And yes. this is his debut. Big debut for Sabu, and I, I, he sure makes an impression, huh? He does. He gets carted out on the gurney, you know, yep. strapped to it. With the with the te- things over his teeth. Mm-hmm. The, the guard. Yeah. And uh, is it nine one one taking him out there, I thought, Quinn? Right. He's ECW security. Yeah, he's dressed like Dan Severn, by the right. way. <laughs> he is with, like, the his, shirt. <laughs> he always looked like Dan Severn, anyway, <laughs> kind of just with a mullet. Kind of was a mullet. He mullet version. and sweatpants. Well, Dan Severn had sweatpants on, too. He did. Uh, so... Tasmaniac is in the ring. Sabu charges in, kicks him, and then leg drops him in his very snappy aqua blue pants that Sabu is wearing tonight. Yes. <laughs> very I, blue. Very big for his debut here. <laughs> yes. Sabu then misses a moonsault not on purpose because that's what Sabu does is blow spots. Yeah, of course. I mean, that, that's <laughs> Sabu's MO. He misses everything. Even out of his debut here, missing shit. <laughs> I gotta
0: give Taz some credit. He's trying to you know, yes. like, catch him and like
1: make he, it look real. Look, Taz looks really real Really, really stupid, because he's yeah. in the Tasmaniac garb with a Tarzan singlet. But the worker... He's great. I have no problem with him here. He has the dumb hair and the dumb clothes, but he's still wrestling like
0: Taz. Yeah, he's like a professional. He's awesome. And, and he's a professional in a place where... It's full of non-professionals. Yeah, like, exactly. There's no. It's no surprise that
1: Taz made it to the WWE. Absolutely later on. none. Yeah. He had a, he had a great look to him. Uh, just not for Vince McMahon, I guess. Right, you know, exactly. a little too small. Mm-hmm. Great wrestler though, and a great announcer, as we talked about earlier. Yeah, you know? fantastic. Great announcer. So then Sabu throws a million chairs around, and then he grabs a table. <laughs> Back to the ring, and Sabu with a huge spinning kick. And Quinnie said to me, "Every time you watch Sabu, you're waiting to see when he's going to fuck up and kill himself." Yeah.
0: It it's it's very like nerve wracking watching Sabu wrestle. It is. It's like, is he going to break his neck here? Right. Because you know he breaks his neck. But I here's here's my safe thing with Sabu. Go ahead. I always know that he broke his neck on that incident with the telestrator showing the neck breaking. Yes. And he had like the reddish pink
1: pants. Yeah, it wasn't the blue pants with the white boots. But it wasn't Taz. It was Chris yeah. Be- yeah,
0: Briss Voldemort killed yes, him, but he did like like he <laughs> yeah,
1: so like he, like he is to do like. <laughs> so then you said to me, um, "You love how junky this is." It's just yeah, so it's, nice and pleasantly it's charming. Junky.
0: Like yeah. it's it's not clean cut like how like everything was in '93. Like right. WWF. Yes, I mean WWF was in junky places like aircraft carriers oh, yeah, later, but like they clean them up. They like actually right. like swept the floor right. and like. You know, had better cameras and stuff. And WCW, you know, they were just in MGM studios yes, or whatever. So they were like
1: the super clean cup. Paying tourists to cheer this, for Hulk Hogan. This is in a place where nobody cleaned the place before they got there. They oh, just no.
0: put some chairs down That's and a it. ring and they just
1: said, do it. Have fun, boys. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and then, of course, Sebu does, in fact, screw up his leg with some kind of yeah. flipping jump spot to the outside of that course. he missed. Then Taz back inside with two nasty overhead suplexes for two and a casual clothesline by has mm-hmm. then he brings one of those school bake sale tables into the ring <laughs> you know the fake yes, wood yes yes <laughs> this we, is a really good funny <laughs> thing right here we may have also just seen bill after not sure yet not sure yet because it could have been his competitor george napolitano you know he was doing the thing with the aftermax. max quinn what have i told you time and time again
0: don't call them the aftermags
1: so sabu sets up a table and lays taz on it and of course it just breaks <laughs> this is that's amazing it just he's like laid
0: out on it and mind you, Taz did, or Sabu for that matter, he didn't even like put him no. on it. He didn't like slam him on it or anything. He like <laughs> he gently just, put he, him like, on gingerly it. Gingerly put Taz on it and the table like just breaks right on its Right in the own. middle. Right in the middle, too.
1: So you could tell somebody cut it beforehand. It's awful. I really think that's what happened. Yeah. So Taz just soup plays him onto it. By the way, Joey's not that good yet. He's we'll He's see getting some, there. We'll see some good stuff later. Yeah,
0: he he has his moments. This he isn't it.
1: He's a diamond in the rough here, yeah. and uh, some nice biting by Taz. Sabu fights back with some really stupid backflips. Like yeah, his offense back- was taunts. He's <laughs> back into nothing. Like he's just like,
0: look, I can do a backflip, and then he would just like punch him right, it's and then like- he and then he does it again, and then he does it a third time. And I think it like backfires on him, doesn't it? It does. It's like uh- he's playing WrestleMania two thousand for N sixty four. He's hitting yeah. the he's hitting the analog stick to yeah. taunt, <laughs> and then like <laughs> dig dig dig
1: dig dog. dog. Diggity, dig, diggity dog. Yeah. So Taz blocks a karana and then misses a thing off the top rope. Sabu heads back up and hits some kind of a moonsault barely for the win. <laughs> well, it worked. It worked. He yeah, won. Yeah, I mean, there was no doubt about it he was going to win on that move. I knew like, he was going to win, yeah. yeah. Like that was like a finishing move. Plus, Taz wasn't Taz yet. He yeah. was... Tasmaniac, you know, this kind of respectable right. thing. He wasn't big fight Taz yet, you know. Not big fight Taz, no. but he was at least, like, reputable. mid carter. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was a solid mid-carder. And I'd say Sabu was okay. He only blew, like, three or four spots, you That's know. That's Not... like a two-star match for Sabu. It's like a three-spot match. You know, yeah. you should give Sabu the spot system. For I mean, Sabu. it's That's true. a good debut for Sabu. Not bad at all. We come back from a commercial, and Sabu just moonsaults through a table for fun, I guess. Yeah, he's just,
0: like, hurting the look. Okay, he's so dangerous, yeah. he's
1: hurting himself. Really cool. Well, I, that was a Novelty back then. Yeah, I know, but I don't feel like watching him slip around and sell for a table. <laughs> I know, I cares. get it. Anyway, promo with the shitty ass Rock and Rebel about Sal Balomo Rock and Rebel sucks. They like, both suck. <laughs> Sal Palomo yeah. was like a perennial jobber <laughs> yeah. in the WWE. He's
0: like their Mac Rivera, right? So basically ECW got a Mac Rivera and they said, hey, we can make him into something. And he's like an Italian superhero or something. He sucks. Yeah, he's shitty. But apparently like he was a big deal in ECW before this. Like everyone loves Sal Belomo. He he comes out with like stuff and gives it to the kids like he's not on
1: this episode. But he was also in WWF as a shitty version of that. He was Sal Palomo in WWF in the 80s. But did he give things to kids in the crowd? I don't know if he gave things. But why? Him and Rock and Rebel. This is what I meant by ECW in its infancy. Right. You have the glimpses. Right. You you have the Taz. Right. You have the Sabu, the Paul Heyman, the Joey Styles. Yes. On the same bre- and public enemy right. in the same breath, you have the rock and rebel, yes, <laughs> and Sal bolomo So we're all still I, working out the kinks here.
0: All I can really say about that is this: yeah. it's clear that Paul was figuring out who he wanted and oh, yeah. who he didn't want. Absolutely, and he was going to give these guys a shot because Paul was always about okay, like young talent, like let them give them a shot. Yeah. And he does; he, he does fairly gives them a shot. Yes. By the beginning
1: of '94, they're all. Kicked out the door, the ones he doesn't want. Correct. And speaking of things like that, our next match here is Sandman, still in his scuba ghetto. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Versus the Metal Maniac, Quinn, you want to explain him?
0: <laughs> the Metal Maniac, he's kind <coughs> of
1: like um, Brutus the Barber
0: Beefcake. Yeah. And the renegade. Yeah. Like, if they had a baby. Or an uncle. Or an uncle, it would be the Metal Maniac. It would. It's I, a horrible gimmick. It's basically a guy that likes heavy metal music, and he sort of dresses like that. He also reminds me of something like, if he, he should have something to do with, like, micro machines or something. Yeah, like, very
1: micro machine
0: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe
1: that's the metal that yeah. he's interested in. I don't and know. And Sandman here is not the t-shirt and Zuba's cigarette beer. Not gear. the good one, yeah. He's, like, literally in scuba gear. He's I like, wasn't really kidding. It's weird, because it's supposed to be,
0: like, reputable wrestler Sandman. From like, the beach, you know, from yeah. Southern California. Right, not he's gonna make you fall asleep. No, not Mr. Sandman. Yeah, more <laughs> like you know, like
1: Sandy Beach or one yeah. of those kind of guys. Like he's from... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's from the Sandy yeah. Beach. <laughs> Straw Hat guy looks very concerned, probably because he knows this is going to suck. Yeah. Sandman with an arm ringer, see? Wrestler. And an Irish whip into a back elbow. I can't believe I'm I, seeing I, moves I, yeah, from Yeah, I don't Sandman. get what's going on here. One-footed dropkick by Sandman, and we have confirmed, Quinn, mm-hmm. it is Bill after at ringside. He's probably shooting picks for the aftermax. mags. <sighs> Don't
0: call them the aftermags.
1: slam by Metal Maniac <laughs> and a big clothesline for two. Inzaguri by Sandman Quinn. Did I see that right? Yes. It moves. <laughs> it's so weird.
0: What and is it, this? you know what? He's not the worst but he doesn't look good while he's doing no. it, so it's no surprise that they like figured out somewhere along the line, it's like, why don't we just have him be a brawler because yeah. he just looks like one. <laughs> right, it's like,
1: just, it'd be like having Foley be a technical
0: wrestler. Right, and I don't doubt that Mick Foley could do that because mm-hmm. he, he's just a good wrestler. He and can. the Sandman, I, you kind of have to begrudgingly respect that Hey, this guy actually knew how to wrestle. He, he just did.
1: probably changed his style. Correct. Yeah. It, made, it made more sense for him to just be the brawler in the sweatpants, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. So, Sandman, after the enziguri, he was up top with a big flying clothesline for three. Yeah. that it was an interesting match. Chris Michaels here says yeah, this doing is, an Uncle Joey impression from Full House. What? First of all, it's <laughs> Joey. Not, he was never their uncle. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Don't ever call him their uncle. He's practically their uncle. Not only am I a great dancer, but you can hang your coat on my antlers
1: kids love this stuff so. he says this is no cartoon what is this bumper quinn you said this was yes, a common it's thread. On, it's
0: on a lot of these ecws back then it's basically them being like we're badass so it's like we're no cartoon like the wwf right we so just he, saw a guy called the metal maniac right <laughs> however chris michaels does like he's mocking cartoons by doing like a bullwinkle impression or something Hey, Rocky, this is Chris Michaels, and you are watching
1: NWA Eastern Championship Wrestling. And this is no cartoon. It was very confusing because I didn't know what this guy was. Who is this guy? He just works there. Who's Chris Michaels? He's a jobber. Good. Good (laughs) for him. Our next map here is Superfly. Jimmy Snuka. Yes, you heard that right. (laughs) The ECW television champion, that is. Yes, you heard that right. (laughs) (laughs) Versus Terry Funk. Now, Quinn alluded at the top of this review. This was historic, not only for the Sabu debut, but Terry Funk here would be a big player in ECW from this period of time until uh, 97. Yeah, I mean, Terry Funk was the veteran that was willing to put people over in
0: ECW in a time where that wasn't common, as they'll tell you in the ECW DVD. That's right.
1: And and Terry Funk really did, with his wild-eyed, crazy-old-man, hardcore demeanor, really did lend them a huge breadth of credibility that they needed. Right, as a former world champion. And not to mention, to be fair, Jimmy Snuka,
0: that's like a big thing. We're, it's not like it it's is. been a it long is. time. However, However, he looks like crap. Like, I can't does. believe how quickly... The, the Superfly degenerated into like a fat, like, loser, basically. He's
1: very puffy and just like slippery looking. You yeah. Know, like,
0: just, what happened to this he's guy? Just like, we. Weathery. He's losing to Undertaker at WrestleMania. At least looks like a superstar, like, kind two of, years yeah.
1: before this. And yeah. And he was he, wearing Steve Allen's wife's underpants the yeah, year before that.
0: Here he is, like, you see, like, fat
1: roly poly. Very, very roly. Anyway, this is a cage match, uh, escape rules for the ECW TV title. I really don't want to see it. Quinn's all happy about it, so whatever, it's fine.
0: It is what it is. It's to say Terry Funk is still a threat, basically. Exactly. They're
1: selling it like this is the road to his comeback to the NWA world title.
0: Right. And I just roll my eyes at that because, first of all, Terry Funk ain't winning the NWA world title in 1993 or whatever. Second of all, who gives a shit about the NWA title in
1: 1993? Would you even say, Quinn
0: who cares yeah
1: exactly <laughs> so apparently snooker is the master of cage matches but i, I have to ask an honest question <laughs> i'm not being a jerk didn't he lose all yes, those famous cage he n- matches he never won to but... backland to morocco all yeah. that shit for he the... would
0: always do a cool move yeah but he lost they should have paul should have said this he should he's the master of using the cage as a weapon Exactly. Instead of the Master of Cage Matches. No, because he lost all of them. We gotta find someone who never loses Cage Matches. That's the Master Hulk of Cage Hulk Hogan. Matches.
1: Triple H or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, he lost SummerSlam He said, A Hulk Hogan never loses Cage Matches. That's true. If Paul Orndorff was bald, Yes, he would've. He would've. <laughs> yes, it's true. So Snuka has weird boots on Quinn. You said they look like Rick Rude's boots? Yeah, he's got these weird,
0: like, colorful boots I I don't know if it's Rick Rude per se but it, <laughs> I feel like I've seen him on somebody else like he didn't have the money for boots because he doesn't usually wear them and yeah. somebody else gave them
1: to him possible yeah Irish whip by Snooka, snaps the top rope a bit. Quinn is aghast at how shitty Snooka looks like we mentioned. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's just very unfortunate. I agree. Chops by Superfly. Paul says his manager's license right now is under review. This is a great explanation. Love this. Because apparently now that Eastern Championship Wrestling is part of the NWA, all contracts had to be under review and manager's license, so he is not at ringside with Snooka. This is great because he's giving an actual rational explanation
0: to probably the fact that he's just there to teach Joey yep. how, to, how to do this.
1: And you know, with all this uh, license talk, who would be very proud? Gorilla Monsoon. he loved to talk about licenses. Here. Yeah, Gorilla. Slapping by Snooka, punching by Funk, punching by Snooka, and then a big pile driver. Finally, a move yeah. by Snooka, and he heads up top. But Funk grabs him and heads up himself, and they have a big exchange, and now... With this back and forth on top of the cage, Joey is making this sound way better than it actually is. Oh my, the two exchanging punches now on top of the cage. It's hand-to-hand and a headbutt by Terry
0: Funk. Can you believe Funk using the headbutt after just being piledrived? He's doing a good job, though, because you feel like you're in a big, big match here, because it's like Mm -hmm. back and forth, and he's like... What a grueling contest, like. It's not that good, but he Joey's selling it like it's right. really good. I it's okay. I feel like everyone involved here, Paul, Joey, the fans. The funk, ref. Funk, <laughs> Snuka, Yeah, Jim Molyneux. Everyone is like team playering like making this so much better than it has any right being and you feel like you watched like a pretty decent match at the end even though like on paper and like just by if we reviewed reviewed it moved by it Uh sucks you know what like
1: it just comes out as a good product what you just said is a microcosm of the way ecw as a whole operated in 2001 exactly everyone pulled together to make it seem better than it was right and that's really true
0: like As much as, Joe, you didn't like this match. No. But did you at least at the end of it feel like you saw something that
1: mattered? Yes. Like, exactly. I agree. Yeah. I will agree with you there. Yeah. It was a piece of shit in the ring. It wasn't really actually good. But the combined efforts of the announcers, the ref, the crowd, the atmosphere, the the wrestlers, forget the moves because they sucked. Yeah. But the drama... Yeah, it all added up into a situation where the sum was better than its parts. Exactly. And that's ECW for you. And that's a compliment, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, like, no, I agree. I they... mean
0: that positively. And, and and no, I'm not trying to, you know, say Snooka sucks or Funk sucks. They just were too old to be putting on this kind of
1: thing. Mm-hmm.
0: But everyone just made it look like they were great.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um... In the midst of all this, Joey brings up the fable, the Yukon Eric versus Killer Kowalski match. What is he, JBL? (laughs) Back in 1960. Like reading Wikipedia. (laughs) Stomps by Snuka, Punches by Funk. This looks like the Legends match you'd see today. Like it really does, the way they're wrestling. Right. Which is punches, stomps. It's nothing major, but you were right about the way they sold the drama. Yeah. I'll agree with you there. Mm Pile Driver by Funk, a crappy one, but hey, why not? Yeah. Funk them with 14 headbutts, which doesn't doesn't work because it's snooker. That's a nice little touch, by the way. I like that. And Funk at the end of the headbutt, he's the one that's dizzy. That's perfect. That's how that should be played. Very nicely done. Superfly then headbutts him back and gets a body slam. Misses a second rope headbutt. And Funk does a crawling headbutt as we go to break bunch of headbutts huh yeah he's
0: i guess he thinks if i headbutt him enough yeah like i like that Actually, it's like penetrate it's, it it's like yeah he's
1: like i'll sacrifice my body to like get through to him very very nicely said we come back and they're up on the cage funk is hanging upside down and paul of course because we couldn't escape <laughs> this episode without one oh, yeah Does a Terry Funk impression? Of course he does. I really don't think he's gonna notice. Who is he? JR? Yep, basically You're an egg sucking dog. Yeah, he doesn't say egg sucking dog, but he might as well have. Remember when JR's podcast just turned into him doing that for like twenty minutes? But I love the bacon, egg and cheese croissant which what do you mean? When but it still is that? <laughs> Remember how I don't listen to JR's podcast yeah. anymore.
0: <laughs> well, it's not too bad. Not to crap. I don't want to crap on JR because it's actually he gets good interviews. However, well, it's easy when the, you're JR. He should just skip the whole opening part. Really, yeah, I know yeah. enough with this Terry yeah.
1: fun egg sucking. No,
0: I'd rather hear about Austin's like dogs and his like trucks and his cars and everything than hear. JR do
1: impressions. They can only get away with that kind of preamble because they have names and they're on Podcast right. One. We exactly. can't do that. That yeah. just a <laughs> 20 minutes just bullshitting. We should ask the fans, do you want to have an extra 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. of this show where me and Joe just talk about nothing? <laughs> hey, maybe they do. We yeah. don't know. Anyway, swinging neck breaker by Snooka and then a back breaker, another commercial break, more punches by Snooka, more punches by Funk. Funk finally heads up as we notice a camera on a stick. This is a great thing because... Yeah. I don't remember seeing something like
0: that other than maybe the ref cam in WCW like the helmet cam. Yeah. The helmet cam which was an interesting idea but it they should have just put it on a stick. It's right. like ECW figured it out before anyone else. It's almost they like did a GoPro. Yeah, they they essentially put a handheld yeah. on a stick in a cage match where they couldn't get up to it, and you get to see these great shots of them, you know, punching each other up on the top. It's fantastic. Really good
1: shots. I'll yeah. I'll give them credit there. And he just escapes and anticlimactically wins. It's a yeah, very weird ending.
0: It's it's basically they're punching too much, and basically both <laughs> yeah. of them kind of pass out, and and Funk, but Funk's on the right side of things.
1: Yep, and he falls off the cage right. onto the floor, gets a chair wrapped around his neck for fun. And Funk does say something in his little interview at the end oh, about, about
0: that. Like that. I like that dice touch, but we'll get to that. We'll
1: get to that. So Funk throws some chairs into the ring because he's a crazy old man. And he's <laughs> happy, I guess. And he's happy, I guess that's a way to celebrate. Yeah. Backstage, Joey Styles interviews the new ecw television champion terry funk yes. with the international press yes looking on. it's fantastic
0: there's clearly just like they just got anybody who worked there to just snap cameras yes. it's probably like disposable cameras with the flash on it well do you think bill after's back there probably him but then like 45 workers for yeah. ecw ring paul Boy, himself paul himself <laughs> some ring boys <laughs> right. and like todd gordon okay everyone i bought these uh fuji film disposable cameras <laughs> right.
1: just keep, go- just like, keep I, going just keep going folks i guarantee you that's what's happening you're probably right so he said he doesn't think he won or something (laughs) that was interesting yes and that's what i meant
0: he he, yeah because he didn't really want it It was basically they were punching each other at the end and they both fell back and he's like you know i can't yeah i shouldn't have won that
1: it's really nice he puts you know it's the calm terry funk interview yeah he puts over snooker Mm-hmm. He puts over ECW a real lot. Right. And he puts over the ECW fans. Right. This was the guy they needed, Quinn. Right. He was
0: gung-ho for the product, and he talks about how he wants his historic career to end here. Mm-hmm. Like that this is the place he wants to spend the rest of his career. He wants to—there's so many good talents here, and yep. he wants to help him out. Like, this is the kind of guy you need in
1: any promotion. Yeah. To help you out. Yes. As a Terry startup. Funk yep. is
0: like a model for veteran
1: wrestlers. Absolutely. And he had no ego. Yeah. He put people over. He bled. Right. He hurt himself. He did everything he could. He sacrificed a real lot to put not only the other wrestlers over. To make a living. Yeah. The company. Yes. He was huge to the ECW brand. And for that, I have nothing but respect for him yep. on
0: that. He's a Hall of Famer.
1: I Absolutely. Mean, he's, he's fantastic. You ask the modern wrestling fan, and what I mean by that, folks, is someone who maybe was born in the late 80s, early 90s, what they know about Terry Funk, you're going to get memories of him in ecw yeah that's how important respectful he was
0: memories like not not people like it was just some old man, no. man like no this was a guy that helped people and this... put people over and was a great he still put on pretty decent matches he For had what it was yeah. Yeah. yeah every now and then though he would have good matches
1: too like the triple threat match or whatever they called the it, triangle match three-way dance yes yeah. <laughs> i know i know yeah. the one in 97 right yeah so anyway uh we close with a little bit of comedy here we cut to a very bobby Heenan esque segment yes. of paul, <laughs> this is good. yeah paul e dangerously I mean, the manager in a competing locker room yep knocking on snooker's door with his members only jacket on yep. jimmy let me in let me in and then of course snooker slams the door in his right. face he's all mad at him let's try this again this is paulie dangerously outside the locker room of super fl- I, 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 cut, 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 cut so paul gets all upset he cuts the camera away yep then we go to joey having a party but it's a, such a comical party because yeah. first of all Joey, like, looks all disheveled. Right, so they clearly had Joey, like, Russell his clothes. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the thing I love about
0: ECW back then, that everything is so, like, it's like if me and you did it in our basement. Right. Like, it's great, it's fun, Like and you could tell that everyone's having fun. And you oh, could yeah. tell that, like, they had some of the boys just, say, just yell stuff, and and you they're throwing, like,
1: they had, like, the straws. wrapper. Straw wrappers, <laughs> not even yes. the
0: straws. They're just, like,
1: paper and stuff yeah. out of them
0: and make it look like there's more party than there is. It's
1: literally probably the same people that were snapping the cameras. Right. Now they're throwing straw wrappers and yelling. It's kind of charming. It's awesome. Like, it's it's nice. No, it's actually really awesome. Next week, by the way, Quinn, thankfully we're not reviewing that. We got Don Morocco, (laughs) Abdul the Butcher, and a whole host of others, folks. Yeah, a lot of horrible people next week. You know what, Quinn? As we've talked about this, right after we watched it, I was very sour on this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give Michael Quinn some credit. For those of you that underestimate my partner here and his powers of persuasion, Quinn made some very good points throughout this, and you have converted me. I appreciated this show. Thank you. Well, I mean, it, it
0: they put a lot of work into it, and you could tell. That's the thing to yeah. me. It's like it looks crappy. They don't have a lot to work with. Yeah, but you could tell there's just like heart put into it. There it, is. Like
1: somebody wanted this to be a fun little 40 minutes of wrestling. And that was Paul Heyman's yeah. vision. That was his baby. And this is the seeds of it. Yeah. This is an early glimpse at some of the great things that Paul Heyman would do with ECW. Right. The the legend with Terry Funk. Yeah. The craziness of Sabu. The suplexes in that power style of Taz. Yes. The public enemy with their goofy ass style. Yeah. The Sandman. Right. There's It'll, a lot I can't here. believe they
0: fit all of this in. It's so short. Like, I swear to you, I said 40 minutes. It's really like 36 minutes and 17 seconds or some crap like that. I wonder what was cut out. You think there was any
1: music-related stuff cut out? Maybe there was stuff cut out, but still. Still, exactly. Like,
0: I, it's It seems like a jam-packed show.
1: Right. So overall, as a standalone with no context of before or after, it's not like the most entertaining watch, yes. obviously. But knowing the context, right? knowing the, the narrative here that ECW followed through until 2001, it's actually a pretty interesting watch. It's not great. Yeah. But it was good. Yeah, it's fine. And and because of the WWE Network
0: now, mm-hmm. you know, we have the network. Yep. You can watch like this, all of it in order from like episode one to the end. And honestly, this is a really good starting point, I would say, for like the yeah. Paul E. Era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this particular episode, though, because it's like Terry Funk makes a name for himself. In ECW, at least. Sabu is Sabu there. debuts. Taz is there. In the Taz. So that feud gets started. Uh-huh, public the public enemy. enemy kind of like showing, you know, themselves yep. off kind of. You know that they're a force to be reckoned with. It, yeah. it, and everything, a lot of... St- you you aren't missing anything if you start here.
1: That's a very good point. Yeah, are really, really not. It, it only gets better from here. It, yeah. it only would for five, six years. Yeah, you know, it would only get better. But Quinn, overall, yeah, good good watch, good way to kick off the season, and thank you to Filippo Festuccia yes. for the suggestion. As always, folks, remember to put your suggestions on the old suggestion box on ovtpodcast.com. Of course, you can reach us at our Facebook group. Join it if you haven't yet. Follow us on Twitter at OVP podcast and don't forget to recommend a friend yes please recommend a friend get them to leave those recommendations
0: and then the most recommendations wins you win you win a shirt and you get to be on the show with us I know great (laughs) fabulous prizes maybe (laughs) Vanna White will come over she might be we're trying we're trying
1: so folks until then have a great rest of your day have a great rest of your week thank you so much for joining us for season six we will see you next week on Monday October 9th for our Columbus Day show I suppose we'll call (laughs) it very special Columbus Day (laughs) show until then folks have a great day we will see you next week Next week. See ya. This is the rockin' rebel. Who cares? The man that ended Salvatore Balomo's career. Wow. And I hear all these people out here are sending him get well cards that hope he gets better. What a goose! What a goose! They're calling the hotline. Who cares? Hoping that Sal Balomo will return to the ring. <laughs> well, I hope he gets better too, cause you know why? I'm gonna finish him off for good. When you stop? you stop. stop. stop.